Hello, this is Fiona, one of the co-hosts of the DMs Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we read about some Dungeons Dragons and discuss how we might include them in our role-playing campaigns. In this episode, I interviewed actor, voiceover artist and director, and my very good friend, Natalie Winter, about her love of tabletop role-playing games and how she went from being a player at the table to running adventures on stream behind the DM screen. Nat has worked on a bunch of nerdy projects, recording for AAA games, sci-fi audio dramas, professional Dungeons & Dragons games, and much, much more. Whilst you can find all of her work on her website, be sure to check her out on the Merely Role Players podcast, where theatrical people play role-playing games. And Roll Together, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play stream channel which regularly puts on exciting adventures with wonderful casts exploring the worlds of D&D. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy. So, we'll just get straight right into it. Um, who are you and what do you do? Hello, my name is Natalie Winter. I am a voice actor and director and I roll dice, sometimes professionally. A lot of the time hidden away in, <laughs> uh, in, in the, the corners of my house. With other people, not just on my own. Not just by yourself, not just rolling no. like, oh, a D20, an 18. We're <laughs> <laughs> seven today. Oh, it's very exciting to get to talk to you, Nat, on yeah. this podcast. We've worked together before in several mm-hmm. sort of guises. So my next sort of question for you then is like, how did you get into role-playing games in general? I mean, that's, that, that, is, that is quite a long question, Fiona. It is. I'm ready uh... to hear about it. So... <laughs> <laughs> Huge spoilers. I've always been a bit of a nerd. I've always played video games. Mm. Um, I've grown up in a family where we've played video games together and um, with my stepdad a lot. And then when uh, my brothers and sister, who are 10 years younger than me, when they were kind of old enough, we played with them as well. So big family of gamers. And I actually, my first sort of role-playing game experience, I played Star Wars Galaxies way back when that still existed, before World of Warcraft came out. Damn. I know. I was on a, a role-playing server for Star Wars Galaxies. And I know I know it's computer RPGs, not tabletop, but that was a, a formative role-playing moment. Mm. I think like we, we used to do things like we'd do guild raids where we'd go out and stand in sort of like market squares and everyone would kneel down and emote that we were humming because we were wow. kind of part of a cult and people were like, What is happening? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Performance art. <laughs> And then I ended up getting in with a crowd who had set up their own city and there was this conceit that they it was a, a secret rebel uh, city and it's Star Wars Galaxies was set in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So the Empire had been hit a blow but was still very much a presence. So we had a lot of like subterfuge and some people would be playing Imperials that would come and do raids on our town and uh, and then there were lots of dramatic like soap worthy romance arts mm-hmm. as well so then uh, sadly because of the rise of world of warcraft <laughs> a lot of people left to go play that oh. and yeah star wars galaxies kind of got slowly sunsetted over a period of many years um mm. so that kind of faded away but um i remember writing like i guess essentially fanfic about my character like i'd stopped playing for a few months while i was doing my gcse's mm. and to sort of explain away why my character, Aini Varior, which was a Zabrak, 
she started off as, uh, as for those who wanted the Star Wars nerdery. I know I've gone I've gone sci-fi immediately. This is I like a it. fantasy. No, <laughs> deep, no, deep fantasy. no, immediately sci-fi. I love it. Um, she was as a brack, and she started off as like a, an entertainer who also was a smuggler, and then uh, I had this whole fanfic that I wrote to explain why I was away for three months doing my exams. So that was all a big thing. Boom. And then while I was at uni, I'm I'm very jealous, right? Because I. I enjoyed my university course, mm-hmm. but in terms of like extracurricular social stuff, I ended up doing like the music society and joined the mm-hmm. choir and I did the theatre society, Kel Surprise. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't any nerdy societies, mm-hmm. none at all that I knew of, not even like, not even board games, not even a, just yeah. a generalised geek sock. My younger brothers and sister, when they went 10 years later, they were all in the D&D club or Geek Sock or or that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, man, I really missed that. But yeah, that missed opportunity of time, yeah. yeah. I had I had a lovely time, but I, I think there was one other nerdy girl on my course and I glomped on her. And, <laughs> uh, but we had this rivalry because she was a World of Warcraft player. Oh, no. I was a Star Wars Galaxies player. Oh, no. And they're trying to jump me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I had some friends that went to other unis that played uh, that played D&D. So my very first session of D&D and tabletop role-playing games in general was at uni. Mm. And it was just a little one-shot. And I think I was playing an extreme lawful good paladin where I kind of laid into the ridiculousness of like lawful stupid. Yeah. Um, and that was silly fun. <laughs> and then again, leaning into the, the sci-fi side of me a a very good friend of my husband's used to run one-on-one D&D sessions with him when they were kids so he came and he ran uh, a Star Wars role-playing game one shot for us which was fantastic and I remember we we were hosting it at mine Mm. and again I think I was playing my character from Star Wars Galaxy so I was playing a smuggler (laughs) and my little brothers and sisters who were like nine or ten at the time mm. crashed and they were like what are you doing and they, they just came in and started watching and we're like oh what is that and i, I can't remember what we're doing some kind of heist thing mm. and my sister was like can i be a wookie and the dm was like yeah of course and she was like great and just kind of took over. <laughs> oh beautiful so, yeah it, it was great fun um so th- those are my sort of first experiences of uh of role-playing games mm. but i've mostly been a, a pc role-playing gamer for the longest time mm. because again university i didn't have my peoples mm. and it took me um until uh until about five or six years ago to find my peoples and start rolling dice again i completely agree there wasn't anything we had uh we had our version of uh sort of geek was the doctor mm. who society yeah. and we just we just took everyone else in mm-hmm. and then eventually we did a, a, a general sci-fi one but there wasn't any board game society as far as i can remember and definitely wasn't a role-playing society of some sort like it was it was very much like music or film yeah. based things like anime all that sort of thing but there wasn't anything in between but obviously like now like you said i think with the rise of, of twitching actual plays and so people are like oh mm-hmm. we can play these games they're not hidden away but they're more in the zeitgeist and stuff god i am very jealous of your of your siblings being able to like, that's so cool i think what you say about the zeitgeist as well is mm. um i think there's more of a trend in gen z to yes drinking culture but also mm. sober socials as well yes one of my brothers is when he was at uni was a member of the sober social society and they would just go and do lots of really fun nerdy stuff 
play board games, play video games together, play D&D, go out on trips and stuff. And it was just about having friends and doing stuff that isn't getting pissed. Oh my God, that sounds like a fucking dream. I've got to be honest, that right? sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I will have a drink, absolutely. But sometimes it's nice, especially when you're at uni and you're trying to yeah. make friends, to actually make friends with people and not their drunk personas. A hundred percent. Yeah, the, the amount of times, like, again, at uni, I definitely drank a lot more than I do now. And I just, and even now, I'm just like, I, I again, pandemic, before the pandemic, mm. maybe once or twice out into the pub before going to play something. Now I'm just like, can't be bothered. What's that? Oh, a Dr. Pepper. Ooh, you know, that, that's that's <laughs> my high. Which I, again, maybe is a bit sad, perhaps. But actually, at the same time, I'm just like, oh, it's great. I can just have like a little sugary drink or, or fruit juice or whatever. And then I can I can play role playing games and focus on that. Yeah. It, especially with role playing games nowadays, a lot of them, certainly one we've played together, where we mm. have to be quite vulnerable. Yeah. And maybe people wouldn't have done that a couple of years ago they'd have to have drinks to be that vulnerable yeah. like, oh well, this is my character in quotation marks rather than myself and it's just yeah I'm thinking of the three games we've played together obviously like The Between mm-hmm. The Zabers Bed and Breakfast and mm-hmm. Sleepaway I mean all, all of them I cried in uh, so it's <laughs> but, but it was just such a wonderful experience and all of them yeah. just an interesting sort of like again very different role playing games have you always been a sci-fi person do you prefer the sci-fi genre than high fantasy or is it just like that's what you were introduced to i do love a fantasy but i think if i were back against the wall and i had to pick one i'm a i'm a sci-fi girl like i love dragon age but mass mm. effect every time oh, yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i am commander nat and this is my favorite rpg on the on the citadel i mean to be fair i know because I've, I've seen a picture of your a wonderful setup uh it's a tardis door behind you <laughs> so i'm very i'm very aware where your <laughs> allegiance lies let's talk about you getting into D and then DMing specifically, mm. I believe, though, do correct me if I'm wrong, like, this mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. fairly new to you in the sense of in the last year or so you sort of come into it. So, yeah. what got you into the, the switch of being a player in a game to DMing? And was it was it hard, I guess, to mm. do that switch? Because of the, the game I picked to DM first, no. Mm. I always liked the idea of it, but DD was a bit intimidating. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a whole load of rules, there's, there's a big old right. book that you have to read. Well, you don't have to, but yeah. <laughs> so I've been playing with Millie role players uh, a long time, and we've been playing a lot of Simple Worlds and Powered by the Apocalypse games, and Ooh. they're pretty straightforward. But it felt like the the games that we were doing felt very much like oh, because Matt is brilliant. Um, yes. If you've not listened to the Millie role players uh, podcast, please do. Yes, uh, please. Here to, here to advertise that. Uh, but um, <laughs> Matt has a has a wonderful sense of things, and a, a lot of the um, the early games, especially with Millie role players, he was making up those rules. Like he was using oh. the Simple Worlds format, but he was coming up with like, what are your stats, and how does this work, and how does this work. So that was fantastic to mm-hmm. be a player for. But I sort of was after something that I didn't feel I have had to be quite as involved in um, <laughs> to to get going. Yes. And then uh, Josh, another Millie Ooh. Role uh, player, started running a game of Lady Blackbird. Oh, great system. Love yeah. that. Which obviously I know is like quite a, an old game now and loads of people have done a run of it. And I don't know, I, I don't know how many times you've played it, Fiona. I've played it once. Um, but what's great about it is it's just all set up. It's all there yeah. for you. Yeah. You know 
point A, B and C. So it's such an easy one to introduce people to for a night. And then there's yeah. like, I know there is like two sequels on top of that, which I've not played. But, mm, um, no, I've not. But, but also for free as well. They're yeah. just out there to just try. And you're like, oh my yeah. God, yes, absolutely. I would recommend anyone uh, look at Lady Blackbird, especially if you love Firefly, because that's the vibe of the yeah, entire Yeah, thing. pretty much, yeah. Sci-fi Western, <laughs> that's your vibe. But yeah, so Josh was running Lady Blackbird for us. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I feel like this is something that is much more manageable and it's a little bit more ephemeral on the rules. Basically, it's so rules light yeah. that you're having to make it up as you go along anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like I wasn't going to break anything. And mm. even if I did, it was actually a world where the world was waiting to be broken by overpowered people. A hundred percent, yeah. When you played, Fiona, mm. how many sessions did it run for? We had to do it in a night. I, I think I was playing oh, the captain, wow. so yeah. I, I was like, "All right, come on, come on!" <laughs> I to move people along a little bit. But yeah. yeah, we got it. We got it done in a night. I think from from my, it was a long time ago. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. See, it does claim to be a one shot. I was going to say, how how long did it take you? <laughs> well, the the session that Josh ran, I was also playing uh, Captain Cyrus. Oh, uh, yes, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, but we didn't finish it in the end. Uh, mm. We had a bit of a long hiatus, and then notes were lost and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The classic sad tale of uh, of ttrpgs where they end because they end rather than the story is finished go out with a sort of ember rather than like, like a oh, bang yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think we'd ran at about six or seven sessions Whoa. and had not finished oh my god so when i ran it yes for my group of friends including my husband and a couple of friends who live nearby and our neighbors at the time we ran it for 11 sessions whoa double figures yep damn but I, I really wanted to, like, they're, they're a group that really embraced the role play, really embraced the character archetypes. We had a lot of, like, silly banter and exploring the world. And I I was asking them as well for what what does this look like to you? What does this mm. element of this world do you want to add? And we were kind of doing a lot of building together. So yes. whilst it claims to be a one shot, it could be something much bigger. Yeah. So that was the first one I DM'd and I, I really enjoyed it. And from there, I sort of was like, you know what, I feel ready to, to take on something <laughs> a bit more meaty. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got myself the, the DMG and started reading. So, so I love the session. So you said you've got your partner, obviously, involved, who obviously, mm-hmm. it sounds like, again, maybe interpret it, is a nerd. Uh, the same, the same as... <laughs> Controversial, but true. Controversial, but true. But uh, you've got your neighbours in as well. So like, what was it like? Yeah. I, again, I assume they weren't i didn't play role oh you didn't know and you you oh oh, no no they did they did oh they did okay Uh, yeah we um (laughs) this is a a classic uh getting to know friends story they lived above us in a block of flats and Uh their bathroom accidentally leaked into ours Uh and in me kind of awkwardly posting a note under their door and then awkwardly leaving us a bottle of wine to apologize whilst we were fixing things they bought us a bottle of red wine and chris and i don't drink red wine so (laughs) i said tell you what why don't you come downstairs and drink it with us drink it for us yeah yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we ended up just hitting it off straight away they're both nerds the lady works in video games as Mm. well the the guy works in tv but does lots of larping and plays lots of video games uh so he and i bonded over swords and we actually knew someone that she worked with Mm-hmm. And they already played D and D, so it was it was a very easy friendship. So then, on top of that, then, so you had people who were experienced in D and D or role playing games. So, like, how was it that that first session? And you, you sort of you knew what you wanted to do, but then, mm. like, was it? I, I guess was it nerve wracking? Did you just thought, fuck it, go for it? Like, 
like what was that experience I guess generally I it wasn't that nerve-wracking because it was a group of friends I trusted that we'd sort of yeah we had that rapport anyway Mm. and I didn't feel any pressure to get things right because none of them knew the system and the system is barely written yeah like rules wise so it was relatively simple the one thing I possibly might have curtailed (laughs) earlier on had I known my husband I love him very much (laughs) uh He's the kind of guy that will look for any possible loophole, uh, any possible way to mm-hmm. to screw over the. De- He's that kind of guy where if you're like, right, I've I'm I'm doing specifically I'm doing D and D and I've set up this encounter and I've set up this uh, this world and these rules. He's the guy that will look for the way to dick you over. The fuck around and find out type of uh, yeah, person. exactly. Yeah. I my partner is also very similar. Great, and yeah, that's that's <laughs> lovely for people who want to play. TTRPGs that way. I don't necessarily see it as a me versus them. I yeah. see it as a retelling, a collaborative storytelling experience <laughs> <laughs> rather than we're playing chess. Uh, <laughs> so he was playing Snargle, the goblin mm. pilot. Um, who, so for those of you who are not familiar with Lady Blackbird, Snargle is essentially the, uh, the wash from Firefly insert, but he is a goblin and goblins have this ability to change shape or not necessarily like a changeling shape change but like stretch and push their bodies a bit more to that the was it yeah mm-hmm. and he decided that um, there were some guards running down a corridor towards them he decided that he wanted to ally one piece like gomu gomu no hand um all the way down the corridor and just kind of create a wall with his hand to just stop them <laughs> and i was like that's cool that's fun Little did I know how much, by allowing that, oh, how much abuse would happen. A mile. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess for what you said, that they didn't know the rules. So you yeah. got more in control. That is exactly the reason why I started What Am I Rolling? Because I came into Ooh. it doing D&D. Yeah. And I was so nervous because I was like, I love this. I want to do more of it. And, I'm, and the, the idea of like, well, we're only going to meet once a month. And I was like, well, that's not enough. You know, and then I was like. But everyone knows the rules. There's, you know, it's put down a monster. It's like, oh, it's this. Oh, it's got this AC. And I was so nervous. And I was like, well, why don't I just run games that nobody else knows and nobody can say anything otherwise? Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into it. And it's been fascinating to hear people being nervous to do DMing because it, people know the rules. And I've just decided now, like, if I one thing I'd tell myself back then is like, just do it and yeah. do the and And as long as you are honest at the beginning and say like, I don't know the rules, please correct me, but don't do it in a way that's a being a dick. You know, just just yeah. give me that, give me that chance to. Yeah, you because know, it gives people a chance to play in a game that's very different style to their own. You know, it's not going to be the same GM as all the DM, you know. So it's yeah. so, I, and again, and maybe it's because I'm very aware that a lot of actual plays that I listen to, they're mostly, uh, you know, male presenting mm-hmm. DMs. And they're like, oh, it's a wealth of knowledge and uh, and I'm going to be in performance <laughs> now. And coming into that, great, I love this. I want to do more of this. I can't live up to these expectations of rules, performance mm-hmm. and story without other people ruining it by coming in and doing the hand wall thing, yeah. you know. It's just fascinating. So then going to D&D after, obviously, yeah. you do that. Going to D&D, like, was that when you were starting to stream as well? Or is that when you, were you still sort of that playing? That was after. I'd been, yeah, I'd been streaming with Roll Together for a while, who do D&D mm. as a player. All of their games take place in the same set of uh Forgotten Realms. So we have, like, crossovers with characters returning and we've got, like, Yes, it's Forgotten Realms, but in our version, all of the statues in Waterdeep are entirely naked. For some reason, like based off one offhand comment someone made once upon <laughs> a time, and now it's an on-running joke. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's a, it's a shared world, which means that we've got our own 
yes, the historical law, but we've now got our law that we mm. have ownership over, which is really nice. Mm. And I knew that I, I wanted to try it. So I did, um, I ran a home game. And in fact, you know what? Before then, mm. ah, that's what it was. So we, we run a chat show on Fridays called Talk Together, or now it's Talking as a Free Action. And there was one week where we hadn't quite recorded ahead of time enough and the guests that we were going to have on had to cancel last minute. Mm-hmm. So we're like, right, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I came up with the idea of, with Chris, who is uh, the production manager of Roll Together, I was like, why don't we do a one-hour, one-shot workshop? Ooh. I'll come in with four different concepts. We'll roll the dice to see which one we do and we'll hack together a one-shot. Awesome. In an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we ended up building this encounter with the elder brain dragon <sighs> love yeah. that oh but also amazing yeah <laughs> and chris said to me it's my goal by the end of this session for you to feel confident enough to run this and i was like oh. <laughs> yeah okay. well also but double ick yeah wow but you know we we talked through it like the things that you would have to consider when building uh this like what what is the setup why is it there what are the and um, when looking at a, a creature stat block mm. what are the things you're going to have to look out for like so with the elder brain dragon it's immune to psychic damage so mm. if you're running a one shot for your players and they decide to pick a psionic sorcerer you mm. might want to turn around to them and say hey save that for a different one shot do it. yeah yeah mm. yeah we just went through looking at all the different elements like that and building basic building blocks of the story and then i was like yeah all right well that's it went away and added my own little twists and flavor to it <clears throat> and i ran it off air for the same group i'd done lady blackbird with it went really well they defeated it it was very satisfying and then i ran it on air it still went well yes but the uh we had this whole thing i mean i don't want to i don't want to spoil it if anyone wants to go back and watch it because it's still a it's a fun old time and they um the players it was a blessing to work with them they really <clears throat> um they were really kind with me in terms of uh, all of them had DM'd before. Right. And no one was condescending. No one was like, how oh. girl find? We we use pause cards. We roll mm. together. So if there was anything where they were like, oh, actually, I think you've got that wrong. They'd pause beforehand. Oh, bless. Uh. So we could do it off air. And I'd be like, oh, great. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. And carry on. So there was no like, oh, uh, ooh, ooh, kind of stuff. Mm. But they, um, the bard cast wish right at the very end to wish that everyone got their hit points back and i was like that's fantastic but we're now three hours in and you've been healing people rather than damaging the dragon so the dragon's gonna fly away now and yeah. we're gonna have to do a part two sometime i guess oh no <laughs> um so yeah yeah sorry spoilers for those who were interested in watching it but uh it, it's still a fun time and yeah. i'm still pleased with how it went yeah there is the part of me that would sit back and could sit back and rewatch it and go, oh, I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. But I think it's the extra pressure from yeah. like, it wasn't the very first time I'd DM'd D&D, mm. but it was what, well, maybe the third time I've yeah, run a yeah. D&D one shot and I did it recorded yeah. for people to watch. So I'm not too, uh, I'm not too pressed about it. I, yeah. I focused on the the story. I think that's so important nowadays because again, we come from a background as well, you know, powered by the apocalypse, which is very handy, incredibly rules light, a bit more structure yeah. per se. But D and D, when you have so many rules, like I've come away from certain sessions using other uh, crunchy 
role-playing games and I've gone, I forgot this one tiny thing and this and mm-hmm. that. And it's like, there's no point in beating yourself up about it, even if you're yeah. like a new DM or you even after all these years, you know, and they're like, oh, I completely feel this. Like, as long as you're honest about it, like, I, like I've got this rule now, but like when the player goes, I'm going to use this. And I'm like, that's really cool. I'm going to mm-hmm. check one thing and give myself 30 seconds to look it up. And it used to be a lot harder when you had books. Obviously, mm. now you got D and D Beyond, so it's a little bit. Yeah. Now, now I'm like after thirty seconds, I'm like, okay, my gut instinct is this. I can't find it, so I'm just gonna go with that. And if I'm wrong, I'll look it up at the end of the session because I, I have to know. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, but if I'm wrong, then we'll sort it out next time. And then people are like, yes, yeah. okay, sounds good. And it's like I love that idea of using those pause cards because it doesn't feel like a not that it would be, but like a personal attack when somebody interrupts and goes, actually, the well, actually, as you said, the pause card, yeah, perfect way of doing it. Just wait. It's just to say this. And you're like, cool, thank you. And then you just carry on. And it's just, oh, I wish work had that, you know, proper right. meetings just to pause it and just be like, it's not an attack on you and what you're doing. I just think you need to know this information. And it's like, great, perfect. And yeah. just removes all that emotion from it. Especially with uh, streamed games, because there is that element of performance on it. There, there can Ooh. be that panic, that level of, you. Ha- everyone has an ego and the little baby ego needs protecting yeah. sometimes. But if you can, to the best of your ability, go into that sort of situation acknowledging that you're not going to be perfect and that's okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the ego is a little less fragile but i think what we as performers tend to be doing when we're playing ttrpgs is focusing on the story and the performance side and that bit you can't get wrong because that's yours (laughs) it's incredible isn't it like you're like what this is me yeah yes this is what's happening with your obviously background, I know obviously being a voice director for several mm. video games and stuff like that. I, I I don't know how to phrase this properly. Obviously, there must be transferable skills both to mm. RPGs and back and stuff like that. You pretty much started at the same time. I've got that right with role playing games, or were you always working uh, voice stuff before going into tabletop RPGs? If you see what I, I mean. Yeah, I've been uh, working as a voice actor for nine years now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I've had various levels of busyness i wasn't like the i wasn't focused purely on um voiceover no. when i first started but um but i've been doing voiceover for for a long time and before mm-hmm. i started doing ttrpgs yes so obviously now doing tabletop rpgs fairly regularly alongside mm-hmm. all your amazing other work do you find it's easier now for you to come up with uh, a player character or a npc because of obviously you're you're directing people to come up with stuff or or do you find it harder because you all, all of your ideas have gone out into the world if you see what i mean <laughs> like no my ideas in, in a way um a, a mixture of both like sometimes it mm. is harder because i've done quite a few one shots not just with roll together but like with you and with me mm. uh, the games with merely role players but the other like off-air games as well mm. like i have my pool of characters and i've uh, I have recycled some of them because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes if you've got to come up with two different characters for two different one shots that are in the space of a week and they're mm. in different places, then they're going to sound a little bit similar or they're going to come from the same family somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think having that sort of the the, the background of absorbing stories helps. Mm. And I mean, like what D and D player doesn't sit there and watch a TV program and go. What class they'd be in D&D. Mm-hmm, How mm-hmm. would this work? You just reminded me, because I, I ran a little while ago, I ran Good Society, which mm. is like a Jane Austen thing, and the, you create your own sort of characters, but then you have a secondary character that is like a connection to other people. So it's the idea that you can be other people in other scenes, essentially. And every player always creates two characters. And so they'll take one from another player, and then all the 
leftover connections get sent to the facilitator, which was me. Yeah. I had three younger sisters and an aunt, and they all sounded the same. Because I, <laughs> like, I was like, they're all very similar. They're all very, you know, all aspirational. I was like, yep, they're just going to have the same voice. And hopefully yeah. there won't be in a scene all, all of them together, because that would be really awkward. But everyone was like, oh, that's really funny. I was like, but that, that's fine. And I was very yeah. much happy to be like very honest about it, because I was like, Guys, I'm I am literally a foil to your amazing, wonderful characters, and you know it's a Jane Austen thing. Of course, you're gonna have like the little sister who appears and then disappears and goes off with uh, Bingley and all that sort of thing. So. <laughs> I mean, but in in that situation as well, if you've got three three young eligible ladies mm-hmm. from a, a upper class Regency household, mm-hmm. they're gonna have pretty similar voices. <laughs> yeah, that's what I right? thought as well. Not that you can randomly make one Scottish or Northern <laughs> to help you differentiate. <laughs> Although that would have been amazing, um, amazing stretch of my non-existent accents to, to, to go and do them all. Is there a bit of particular, either one shot that you've run like D and D or other game that you've you've run or been a part of that you've gone, I love this, or like there's something about it that just made you like you always think about it fondly. If you see what I mean. I was really proud of Nexus, which I ran for Roll Together, which is a four-parter that was inspired. <laughs> going back to sci-fi again, inspired by Half Life. Oh, um, great. I, I brought I brought Half Life to Fancy Worlds, and uh, yeah, it was an idea that had been ticking in the back of my head for a little while. Like, how would this work? I mean, it's not just Half Life; it's also inspired by Portal and mm. Bioshock and all of those games where uh, sci-fi done gone bad, and now you have to shoot things. Mm-hmm. Uh, science done gone bad, not sci-fi done gone bad. So that's the kind of the vibes that I wanted to bring, and I managed to find a way to fit it into. The current law that we also had going Amazing. and there was another four-parter that was coming after it in that season that I spoke with the DM of that about and managed to set up a few things for his campaign that like was not necessary for any of the players but for the audience watching who for those our lovely fans that do watch everything that we do mm-hmm. uh, hopefully they enjoyed little easter eggs and references that are kind of there just for them because mm-hmm. if someone had just started watching with that they wouldn't necessarily get them I just feel like it went really well and I got the right balance of cool combat and slightly twisting some ideas and the giving the players plenty of time for character development Ew. and setting up the creepy moments. And I tricked them. I got them good. Uh, <laughs> they, they, I had my NPC that turned out to be the wrong gun and they didn't see it coming. Oh, so that's betrayer. Always, yeah, betrayer. that's always pleasing. Again, I always remember like a Call of Cthulhu game where, the, you know, the DM... A PC like my character in there, and they're like, "Oh well, we'll just use her for everything." I was like, "Okay, well, this is going to be really <laughs> awkward." And then I, I just remember I said it, I did the twist, and I just heard one of the players go because we're on Zoom. One of the players go, "You fucker!" Uh, <laughs> and it was like, "I did is it." A, is there a better noise as a DM? No, 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 delicious. Is there anything you find even now? Obviously, you are I I consider a very experienced DM. But is there anything that you still find challenging when you're running a game? Or have you just got to that point now? You're like, I don't care. My rules, you know, it's it's okay. I can bend the rules and rule the quality. If you see what I mean. I've recently, um, this uh, no, late last year, started uh, DMing. I suppose it's GMing. Brindlewood Bay. Ah, amazing. Yeah. For some of the Merely Role Players crew. And this is uh, this is off air. This is a home game just for us to have uh, cozy crime time. And <laughs> it's a really fun system. It's similar yeah. to, for those of uh, the audience who may have watched The Between, which Fiona yeah. and I did together with Jason Cordova, who wrote the games, which was very cool. <laughs> it's a very fun system and a, it's a brilliant concept. It's a concept that immediately grabs you. Mm-hmm. The 
conceit of it in terms of allowing a lot more of it to come from the players is fantastic. Yeah. But it's a mindset shift. So mm. even for Lady Blackbird, where I was asking the players for, for their input, but I still felt very much in control yes. of the, I know the beats that I want this to hit. I know where this is going. I know what this building looks like. I know what this street looks like kind of thing. And D&D, where it feels very much like, this is the world I have created that you may play in for a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. Brindlewood Bay relies much more on player input for the storytelling, mm. which is great. And I've played other games which rely on player input to kind of, I mean, Elizabeth's B&B and Sleep Away, that's very much a collaborative storytelling experience where, I, I mean, I don't know, you were sort of uh, less DM'd, but you were sort of, guiding us a little bit i definitely uh, yeah i definitely was there was definitely not i wouldn't say hand-holding but there's definitely more facilitating where i completely agree with brindlewood bay it's like well you solve the murder you you're the ones that put things together and you can play the same scenario same case several different times over and get a different result each time and it, i agree with you that sounds really scary mm. <laughs> as, a, as to, to be like what if it doesn't work what if and the same with the between actually when we when yeah. i when i read it through and i was like how does Jason know what he's going to do? <laughs> and, yeah. And, but, but it was beautiful because, again, I, I'm sure you felt as well, it was just so hands-off and just only little moments of touching it where it needed to go. Because mm. as well, with Brindlewood Bay and The Between, it's a very different vibe to Yazeba's, uh, which is all like, ah, oh, slice of life. You know, it's everything's cheeky, chappy, and it's quite fun tension that way, whereas mm. the others are like, we need to solve crime. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's the, the pressure with Brindlewood Bay that mm. I have found is allowing it to be loose enough to make sure that the players are contributing a lot, but then improvising in the moment yeah. seven different characters, all of which who are suspicious, but I can't make any of them the one. I can't decide which one of them is the murderer. Yeah. They've all got to be suspicious, and I can't make any decisions that rule any of them out unless the players roll bad. And I can't make any decisions that suggest she's the one and this is why mm. because the players might go a different direction I don't want to take that agency away from them yeah so it's been a learning challenge and really? I, I I am really enjoying it I feel like we're getting much more into the swing of it but that was uh intimidating at the start because I I wanted to feel like I was doing it justice and giving the players the, the murder mystery that they want mm. so I was just having a little bit of back and forth about like because I, I love to give like rich sensory details. Yeah. But what if I, I pigeonhole things? Oh, no. I think with those games, well, I don't know if I would introduce someone who's brand new to role-playing games just because compared to, say, D&D or other games where the DM has the final word, it, like you said, it's their world and you can play in it and change mm. it and influence it that way. Whereas these games, that the GM is on the same level as the players. And like you said, like I love, I, one of my favorite things to do is always ask players what do they think. And it definitely was scene painting that we mm. had in the between and uh, presumably a little bit in Brindlewood Bay. But like that's, you, you're asking quite a lot of your players. And if they're not used to, 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 to doing the improv yes and that's a play it's terrifying and it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. so it's I can definitely see it from that sense of I don't know what to do it's like well, what if the players don't know what to do and they look to me and I'm like the rules say yeah. you've, got to, you've got to come up with this you, you're the one doing it so there's definitely been times where I've been sat there with my sheets of paper uh, that are printed out because the, the book hasn't been printed yet so it's all no. still like from the Kickstarter I've got the printed sheets and uh, they've rolled uh, badly so I need to come up with a consequence for it that's going to be threatening enough but not going to screw over like mm. a certain, other certain elements. So kind of bear with shuffling through sheets. 
uh, what are we going to do today? We're going to, uh, okay, th- 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 this is what's happening now. <laughs> so it, it does require that, again, that, that level of getting rid of your ego and not worrying about Boy. fucking up. And if your players are sat there going, well, they're not very good, are they? No. Then fuck them. Well, you can bloody run it yeah, then. Exactly. Oh, off. Yeah, exactly. I've never been a fan of whatever attitude that is. I've always been very grateful to be part of any game, to be honest, because I'm like, they've chosen me. Like, yeah. And I get to play in these amazing stories. So I know you like you, you run lots of D&D and you play it, but is there a particular genre that you'd love to run a one-shot for or, or even a system if, you, if you're if you that sort of au fait with them? Is there is there something that you're like, oh, I'd love to do a story based in this, if you see what I mean? Mm. And run it, and run it, not play and in it, it. it. That's the caveat. That's the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, my uh, my free time for exploring new uh, new ideas has got very you're limited recently. You're a very busy I'm, lady. Um, I'm busy. <laughs> I mean, oh no, what a shame, but also, yeah. yes. <laughs> I got bought the Labyrinth role-playing game for Christmas that I'm excited to read through. Very good. Please, yeah. refer- you love it, yeah. I was, really I was very pleased to see that you could play as a worm. That would yes. be my preference. Uh, <laughs> either that or um, Sir Didymus. The Knights of Yore, you can play. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super fun. I'm cheating your question because I'm saying games that I would love to play. That's uh, fine. I, I would love to play Good Society at some point. It's been on on our sort of the back burner for for a while. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends, actually the, the same friend that leaked the the bath into our ceiling and she's uh she recently got thirsty sword lesbians as well uh, amazing keen, keen for that and um, any, anything that falls into that that she-ra sort of genre of yeah. uh magical girls having feelings uh but also kicking ass like if, <laughs> if it's all feelings i'm a bit like eh. yeah i know good society has a module where you're also assassins which i'm I'm yes. very down for. It's very cool. I mean, yeah, they've got ones like Fay Court. They've got like an upstairs, downstairs scenario, that sort of thing. Um, the one thing I say with Good Society, like I absolutely love it. But again, similar, I wouldn't put new players into it because there is a lot of prep. Uh, mm. so, similar to when we played like Sleep Away. Like, mm. you know, we took, took like an hour and a half to get into it. And I was like, I remember saying at the time, like, it will be good, I promise. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> it was. But it's but it, that sort of thing because you have to trust the process and stuff. Yeah. Um, again, it's quite funny with that one because there's like, cycles of play as well, like like a novel. And it's like, yeah, a normal um, game of good society is between six to nine cycles. And each cycle takes about three hours. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh. But it, if you're into if you're into yeah, Jane Austen, yeah. if you're familiar with different kinds of RPGs, I think you'd be right into it and give it that time. But it's, mm. it's very hard to do a one shot of it. Uh, I tried, failed miserably, but it, we had a lot of fun. So yeah. it, it, And it was very silly by the end. And yeah, you can have all these different tones and stuff. Obviously, there are people out there who haven't run games or, or just trying D&D and stuff like that and want to do you know, actual plays or maybe streaming online as well. Is there any top tip that you want people to take away from our conversation about running RPGs in general or D&D specifically? DM offline before you go to stream. <laughs> Pro tip. Pro tip. Um, I'd say if you want to stream, that's absolutely mm. fine, but know what you want to get out of it. Agreed. Yeah, if you're running a stream that's just you and your friends playing a game and having fun, then don't care about numbers like play it for yourselves however if you want it to be bells and whistles and people have to turn up at a certain time people have to turn up to play every week pay people and i know that's difficult it's real difficult but uh you know work on like okay well who is our you've got to think about who is our audience going to be how are we going to get money are we going to get sponsors are we going to go through patreon and things like that if you want to try and 
treat it seriously, then treat it seriously. Mm-hmm. It is a business choice that you're making. Otherwise, just just stream it online for fun, but don't don't be an ass about it and mm-hmm. acknowledge that people have lives. I've been fortunate to never run into issues with mm-hmm. um, with anyone I've been working with, and there's always ever been like, oh, I'm afraid I can't do this session. Yep, no worries, we can get someone else in, or no worries, we can delay to another date. Mm-hmm. Even with the stuff for Roll Together, which is sponsored, so it is paid, there's still always that leeway of, I'm really sorry, team, I can't record tonight. That's okay. Yeah. We'll figure something out and make it work. Mm-hmm. But I've heard um, horror stories of people being just assholes. Yeah. Um, so step one, don't be an asshole. Step two, know what it is that you're trying to do if you're streaming online. In an age where we're, we're struggling to pay artists for mm-hmm. stuff and we're relying on AI art you know it's it's a bit like yeah. it's it's you know it's a scary time and stuff but yeah I completely agree like if you've got the funds and but being honest about it like and I yeah. completely agree I, I just wish more people would be like I can't do tonight and just be upfront about it well there's not going to be any repercussions for it we could just plan a little bit and yeah. just make sure everyone's comfortable playing and not playing for the wrong reasons and stuff and so yeah, yeah completely agree on that front scheduling and uh planning well in advance also helps with that like if you record mm. six episodes before you even start releasing, that gives you a buffer window. So yes. if you do want to be regular with your releases, then it gives you extra time to relax about it and catch up. Yeah, that's that's what I currently have with uh, DM's Book Club. I've got quite a few, so I'm like, great, working on the yeah, other yeah. many other projects I've got going on. Yeah, you do so many things. I, I do. It's uh, I need to do a newsletter. That's that's my next job. <laughs> But Nat, thank you so much for spending your evening. Like, I, you are such a busy yeah, lady, welcome. running role playing games and doing an incredibly cool job and everything like that. My final question is: like, Where can we find your work? Uh, is there anything that's uh, coming up that you, you can talk about? <laughs> <laughs> but where can we find you online if you've got social media? You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram under at Winter Natters. That's like the season, and because I talk for a living, I I don't post super regularly, but I I try every now and again. I'm like. Oh, I should do social media. <laughs> I try and shout about the stuff that I'm doing, um, a mix of TTRPGs and then my my, my role world work. And um, let's see, Ravenbound came out, which is a video game that's like a it's like a roguelike in a Viking inspired fantasy setting. I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say that I'm I'm one of the different player character voices you could encounter. It, it, but there's no there's no speech in it. It's all like Rah! all that kind of stuff. Love it. Uh, so that was fun. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess the, the the biggest thing that people listening to this might be interested in that uh, I'm I'm currently one of the directors on Baldur's Gate three, um, which is is very exciting and so it's very exciting. Fun. Oh, when you, when you put that on Twitter, I was like, no fucking way. I was like, <laughs> I was so. I mean, you are so talented anyway. But I was like, that's no. so fucking cool. She's been yeah. on my show twice. <laughs> and not to diminish my my achievements, but I am like one of a team of many, many, many directors because they, yes. there's like, funnily enough, it's a big old game. And yes. there's a lot of voiceover and mocap <laughs> to record for it. So they need a lot of people. But it's cool because I know you. I'm like, I know that person. I don't know any of these other people, but yes. They're very good. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, yeah, I mean, I've not heard them doing like a million role players thing. I've heard you. Sure, so. sure, sure. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. And and where can we see you uh, DMing if you're doing any more DMing? So you can go on Roll Together's YouTube channel. So look for Roll Together RPG, and you can search for Nexus, which will be on its own little mini playlist. And under the one shots playlist, there mm. will be 
if you look through Sleepers of Silver Ridge Part 1 and Part 2 are the Elder Brain Dragon combat that I talked about. Mm-hmm. They do stream on Twitch like Mondays and Tuesdays and Fridays. And on Fridays, uh, I it's, it's sort of like DMing. I'm one of a few different hosts of Talking is a Free Action, which is our talk show. And we kidnap people, uh, characters from our, our various games and we run them through, basically it's the Crystal Maze. What? Amazing. I play one of the question masters in that, so it's a mix of like just general chatting, like we're doing out of character, and then I'll I'll hop into DM mode and I'll be playing the illusionist, and she's uh, you know a little bit psychotic and has her <laughs> temple of truth that people have to. So that's more like DMing, but also being that. in character at the same time. Hey, you got to read that labyrinth book and use some of those. I know, I know. I they they have perfect stuff for it, so you'd be as it's worth it. <laughs> we are we are due for a bit of a refresh on the the questions and rooms actually because. Uh, People keep coming across the bear trap. So oh, they to... know what happens. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nat, for joining me. Um, it's, it's so cool to talk to you. And I, I hope we get to do another project again soon, whether yes. it's uh, whether it's another, I'll probably get Jason back for something else. I'm like, please, please run do. something else because that'd be great. And yeah. um, we'll hopefully do another mini role players thing. So thank you so yes. much. I look forward to it. <laughs>